I'm Jason Chaffetz. I'm Katie Pavlich. I'm Steve Ducey. And this is the Fox News Rundown. Monday, December 21st, 2020. I'm Trey Yingst. A new strain of coronavirus in the United Kingdom is leading to flights being canceled and new containment efforts being taken. It is a variant from the original COVID-19 and the mutation is 70% more contagious. This is the Fox News Rundown, Evening Edition. Scientists in the United Kingdom say a mutated coronavirus strain is spreading rapidly among the population. The Netherlands, Belgium, and Austria, among others, halted flights from the UK, as British Prime Minister Boris Johnson said there is no evidence suggesting the new strain is more lethal. Worldwide vaccine campaigns are underway this week to slow the spread of the disease. In Israel, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu got his shot on Saturday evening before the country started to roll out a campaign for frontline workers and those over 60. For the latest on this story and others you may have missed over the past week, this is Yonat Freeling a senior Fox News field producer. Scientists have found a new strain of the COVID-19. It's called B117. And it seems to be the strain that's responsible for the high spike of numbers of uh, cases in the UK, probably here in Israel as well. It is a variant from the original COVID-19. And the mutation is 70% more contagious. So the R factor, the fact that I can um, infect more than one person is bigger almost by 40 percent and this is a very big cause of concern Um, some of the people say um, that it is the most dominant strain right now in England according to the latest information that we have 62 percent of the recent COVID cases in London were this specific mutation. Following this specific mutation and the spike of numbers in the UK, many countries have closed off borders with Britain. I was going to ask you about that. There's a number of countries that are basically just shutting down all arrivals from the UK until there's more information out about what this mutation means. We saw British Prime Minister Boris Johnson over the weekend saying there's no evidence indicating this is any more lethal than the initial strain of COVID-19. But the concern is, as you mentioned, it could be more contagious, thus spreading more quickly and sort of counteracting a lot of these vaccination efforts that are happening. Yes, and also from the recent research that we have found, which is very limited and very short-timed because everything changes so fast and we only have this COVID-19 for a year now. I know it feels like the it's been here for ages. Um, most of the uh, infections are now above the age of 50. So the age factor is going down instead of going up. However... A good point about the recent thing is that the vaccination, hopefully, cross our fingers, is going to be effective against this specific strain. Um, again, we don't know, but the similarity and the mutations, um, the Moderna and the Pfizer ones, will help um, control the recent spike. Let's talk a little bit about these vaccination efforts we can use Israel as a representative example. You and I were at Ichilov Hospital yesterday in Tel Aviv as they started these massive vaccination campaigns in Israel. But we're seeing similar scenes all around the world. Medical professionals lining up to be first to get their shots so that they are able to have that extra protection on the front lines. 
what do the vaccination efforts look like and how soon can not only the general population in developed countries, but also developing countries expect to receive their vaccines? Yes, uh, we were in Ichilov yesterday and we saw the lines of uh, medical professional lining up to get the vaccine. We were there from early in the morning until very late at night and they just kept on coming. Um, it was very exciting and very uh, hopeful that this will help. We've been there at the beginning of the pandemic and we saw how difficult it was for them physically and emotionally to treat the people who are, um, had COVID, who are fighting COVID. Um, just before we went into the studio, the uh, uh, European regulator has approved the Pfizer uh, vaccine. Um, and we know that over the weekend, uh, the World Health Organization, along with its COVAX initiative, it's the initiative for uh, vaccination for the poorer countries with the help of wealthy donors from um, the international community, are getting ready to uh, deliver 2 billion doses of vaccines. Um, this is probably going to start at the beginning of the uh, 2021 and will go along toward 2022. However, some of the list of the vaccinations that they are have and they are ready to distribute are vaccinations that have not yet got the approval of either the FDA, the FDA, sorry, or the European or any other countries. The only one is Moderna, but they have it in very small doses. So again, we talked about it before about the privilege of us living in a wealthy Western world uh, versus the people who are fighting not only COVID, but malaria and other diseases that they're too poor to pay the prices of vaccines and medicine there. A lot of coronavirus updates, and we've been covering these stories from the beginning of the year. Hospitals overwhelmed and really just not being able to move forward as a result of this pandemic. So the vaccines are certainly going to change that equation. I do want to get to some other stories people may have missed over the past week. One of those being updates out of Iraq. We're just a couple weeks out from the one-year anniversary of the U.S. drone strike that killed Iranian General Qasem Soleimani in Baghdad. And last night, rockets fired once again at the U.S. Embassy inside the Green Zone. What do we know about this? Uh, we saw it overnight. Eight rockets were fired. Eight Katusha rockets have, have been fired toward the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad. There's a minor in, um, damage and injuries. Uh, at least one Iraqi soldier. No, is no um, American personnel were hurt, as far as we know. Um, this is something that has been going on for several months right now, and we see it uh, getting um, escalating more and more while we get to the uh, date of the announced announcement that the Americans are going to pull off troops from Iraq back uh, after being there for so long. And it seems that, in a weird way, the Iranian militias are trying to grab their attention or make them stay there in a counterproductive, I would say, measures in a way. Yeah, it's interesting how they ratchet up the pressure in these ways. And it's an attack that ultimately we know left one Iraqi dead. But when it comes to the American response, that's not really the point. The Americans, U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, the president himself, have said they will not tolerate attacks by Iranian-backed Iraqi Shia militias inside Iraq. 
but yet it happens over and over again. And I think a good example is last year when we saw the Iranians doing something similar against a base that housed American troops and contractors. It did lead to the death of an American, and the Trump administration responded heavily against Qatayp Hezbollah, killing a lot of their militiamen. That led to the unraveling of stability on the ground in that part of the world, ultimately these militiamen ordering a siege on the U.S. embassy in Baghdad, and the president saying that's enough and decided to order this drone strike against Qasem Soleimani. So it'll be interesting to see where this heads from here, because the pressure is still high on Americans that are operating in Iraq. The troop drawdown is not as significant as Afghanistan, for example. The numbers are just going to 2,500 from 3,000. And there will still be an American presence on the ground. So it, it's something to look at. Yes. And we need to remember the Iranian entrenchment entrenchment in the Middle East. It's not only in Iraq. It's Yemen and it's Syria. And it's with affiliated groups that are against the U.S. allies, like in Saudi Arabia, Israel, and so on. So it's all connected. And it seems that it's... Um, We'll have to see how the one reaction will be retaliated or not, or will be accepted throughout the region itself, not only in Iraq and Baghdad. You've been listening to You're Not Freeling, a senior Fox News field producer. We'll be right back. One more story I want to get to today, an update on a story we covered last Monday on the podcast, and that is the abduction of hundreds of Nigerian schoolchildren, mostly boys by suspected militants. What's the latest on these? Yes, um, I'm, I'm very glad to announce that they have been freed over the weekend. Um, 344 of them have been released back to their loving hands and bosoms over their families. Um, it, 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 it took a little bit more than a week, but they were safe, a little bit shaken. Most of them are feeling good. Um, on Thursday, just a day before the release, there was an audio tape by a man who says that he's the head of Boko Haram, and they claimed responsibility. I have to say that we have to take it with a grain of salt, because Boko Haram, if they did claim responsibility, how come they were released the following day? Uh, Boko Haram is known for its fierce and very brutal attacks, um, and um, kidnapping and seizing um, children, uh, both girls and boys, to use them um, as uh, servants and child soldiers and so something is not really uh, going according to the usual uh, profiling of the Boko Haram. Um, some of the residents of the northern Virginia region where the kidnapping took place are still concerned and still say that they feel that they have been neglected by the president who claimed victory over this, of the release of the children. Um, and they're saying that they are being held capture by bandits and terrorists. And so they're hoping that something hopefully will change. Um, it's good news. I'm pretty sure we're going to see it again. It's something of a, a, a customary thing that we see, especially in northern Syria and sorry, northern, northern Nigeria and some parts of Africa. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's good, good news. And we've got one other 
piece of good news related to Sesame Street. What's the story this week? Yes, it's not an animal story, and I promise that this week we're going to do something special about the animal stories that we love so much here. Uh, but the Sesame Street production have decided to um, have two Muppets called Nur and Aziz. Nur means light and Aziz means strong and lovable. Uh, they're going to portray two Rohingya refugees and um, the, the shows that they're going to be produced along with the help of Dear Elmo um, are going to talk about the challenges of the refugees and the children of the refugees. The Rohingya are the refugees from Bangladesh that are a Muslim minority and the Bangladesh authority refused to recognize them, them as a minority and they're put into camps. One of them is the largest refugee camp in the world currently. Um, Nur and Aziz are twins. They're nine-year-old and they are very helpful with their parents and they love to play outside along with their friends. Um, and this yet another example of how Sesame Street tries to portray and deal with complex issues with the help of Muppets to the children of the world. That's a great story. What a, that is a good news story. <laughs> Not having to do with the animals this week. Yes. You're not freeling a senior Fox News field producer joining us once again on the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. You're not. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Trey. See you next week. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.